This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment. Now let's start today with news of an exciting local wildlife event coming up at the weekend. On the 2nd of July, a festival celebrating local wildlife and the groups that work for nature across the district will be held in Verulamium Park. Wild Fest promises to be a great day out for all of those who appreciate the wilder side of life or just want to know more about local wildlife and wild spaces and what they can do to help. Plus, there will be lots of free activities for families to take part in, providing fun ways to learn about and engage with nature. The event's been organised by Wilder St Albans, a project that's led by the Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust and St Albans City and District Council. But it's being supported by a host of local community, wildlife and conservation groups and organisations, all of whom will be represented with information stands. And those include the Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust, St Albans RSPB, the Ver Valley Society, Butterfly Conservation, Hornbeamwood Hedgehog Sanctuary and many, many more. Now, volunteers will be on hand to share their stories of what they're doing locally and to show people like us how they can get involved. The event's going to be centred on the area of Verulamium Park behind Inn on the Park, opposite to the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust Wildlife Garden. But there's going to be activities taking place all over the park. Kate Bretherton, who's the author of Remarkable Trees of St Albans, um, will be leading tree-based activities. There's going to be nature crafts, storytelling, bird watching, sweep netting, scavenger hunts and river dipping. And there's lots of other things that you can enjoy on the day. Plus, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to pick up hints and tips to help the natural world, such as things like advice on saving water. Now, Wildfest is free to come along to. It's on Saturday the 2nd of July and it's going to be running from 10 till 4 and of course everyone is welcome. Now, one of the projects that Wilder St Albans is currently helping with is a pilot scheme named Glyphosate Free Streets. Now, at the minute, streets around St Albans are regularly sprayed with the weed killer glyphosate. But as concerns about the chemical builds, members of the group Wilderhood Watch were keen to see if there was another way to keep our streets weed free. I spoke to Nadia Bishara of the Wilderhood Watch and I started by asking her... Who is responsible for weed control on our streets at the minute? Right. Just first of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for inviting me back again, Amanda. It's really lovely to be here. And yes, who who decides all of that? So that is basically Hertfordshire County Council. And in this case, um, what we were doing to um, get our glyphosate-free street trial off the ground was we um, were liaising with the network management team at Hearts Highways, um, as well as um, the Green Spaces team, so Nick Sheriff at the District Council. So um, Heidi basically did all of that um, from Wilder St Albans. 
Okay, so she's working with you on this. So this yeah. is a project. So, so it's kind of a collaboration, I suppose, between all four of us: the um, Hearts County Council, the District Council, Wilder St Albans, and Wilderhood Watch. Right, fantastic. Love a collaboration. <laughs> so, are we talking here? Just thinking about, you know, what a street's made up of. Are we talking about the pavements? Are we talking about the gutters? Or are we talking about both of those? Right. So we're talking about both. So the plan at the moment, which of course may change, because you know we just have to be very flexible and adjust as we need to is that we're going to ask residents um, before we weed the entire street we're going to ask residents to weed just um, along the, their front boundaries and then we're going to come along and we're going to weed the gutters so that's that's the plan okay now what currently happens to those or what happened to those in previous years how were weeds controlled right now um, it's probably a surprise to a lot of people in St Albans, but um, actually our streets are regularly, as in twice a year, sprayed with a herbicide called glyphosate. So um, I, I think it would come as a surprise to most people. I mean, you have the weeds and then suddenly they disappear. I'm sure most people don't think, oh, what happened to those weeds? But actually what is happening is that this chemical is being sprayed to get rid of them. And why is that a problem? Glyphosate, very it's commonly glyphosate. used herbicide, right. isn't it? Yes, it's, it's extremely wide, widely used. In fact, um, there has never been um, another herbicide that has been sprayed as much on this planet as glyphosate. Um, it's huge because it isn't only sprayed by councils, it's sprayed constantly on arable land. It's massive. It's going to be on the food we eat. Now, when it was first um, marketed, so this was in the 70s, it was marketed as being completely safe because basically glyphosate attacks a process that plants have, but animals don't. So the manufacturers said, no problem with it. It's going to kill your plants, but it won't affect animals because it doesn't, animals don't even have the process that it actually um, attacks. Well, what's happened since then is they've realized, oh, hang on a minute, it really, really does also um, affect animals as well. And um, this has happened over time. There's been evidence mounting for years as more and more glyphosate has been used. So, um, for example, what it does do is, yes, it doesn't attack animals, but it attacks microbes. So I don't know, you know, how much your listeners know about microbes, microbes and, for example, the human body. But um, we have, for every human cell, we have one microbe in our body. So actually, we are half microbial, not in terms of weight, but in terms of cells. So, and these microbes especially, they are, I mean, we're learning more and more about this, but actually they're centered in our guts. So they have a lot of um, they have a lot to do with our metabolism. Also, they can affect behaviour, all sorts of things, and it's no different for animals. So, for example, you take a bee. Now, there's mounting evidence that this glyphosate, what it does, is it changes the balance of gut bacteria in bees. So, for example, you see behaviours like in honeybees. You'll see that they will take more time to find their hives, which of course is critical for a honeybee. Because in that time, they might run out of energy and die. Or, for example, in bumblebees, um, what, what it does is it changes their behavior so they're not able to regulate the temperature in their colonies. Again, the, the right temperature is critical for reproduction for these bees. So what you're seeing over time is that 
animal numbers are plummeting, of course, because of glyphosate, but also other pressures that animals have on them. It's not like it's lethal, but it stops them reproducing as well as they could be doing. Or, for example, amphibians. Again, the same effect has been found in amphibians. It affects their metabolism, their behavior, their growth, their reproduction. Okay, so you're very much concerned about the effect that glyphosate is having on various um, animals, various species, and as you say, not necessarily killing them outright, but it's tough for them already, and this is just making things tougher. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. And also, of course, humans, because now, of course, is, you know, as I say, there's mounting evidence and research is ongoing. And, um, you know, it was found in 2015, it's probably a carcinogen. So, you know, but but there's going to be more and more evidence coming out, of course, that's going to show the damage it actually does to humans as well. So you've, as you say, you've negotiated with with all the necessary bodies, so that instead of the streets in this pilot being sprayed with um, glyphosate. Instead, they're going to be hand weeded. Now, how many streets are there? And do you, can you tell us which streets those are? Okay, so there are five streets. It's just a trial at the moment. So what um, Hertfordshire Highways has said is we're going to give you um, a year, basically, see how streets look at the end of that year. And then if it works well, chances are we'll get more streets. So it's really important for us that this works. So our five streets are Lancaster, uh, Beach Road, Furbank Road, Burnham Road and Blenheim Road. So those are our five streets, all Wilderhood Watch streets and all Wilderhood Watch volunteers. Right. Okay. And so it will be the volunteers that are, are weeding the, the pavement and then and then you're hoping that residents will, will just do that little bit um, just next to their houses. But of course, oh. the, the thing is that the, the Wilderhood Watch volunteers are the residents. I mean, that's the lovely thing about Wilderhood Watch. I mean, all, all we're doing is, is like we're using, for example, um, our first reading session on Lancaster Road is going to be next week. I've already got at least eight residents who are Wildhood Watch members who are going to be weeding, and we're hoping more people will join in. You know, they probably will. And then, you know, simple things like um, everybody's agreed they're going to leave their green bins out at the front so that when we're weeding, we have somewhere to put the weeds. Um, We'll probably have a couple of people litter picking at the same time so we're not mixing the litter up with the green waste. Okay. So so that actually sounds so you're, you know, you're actually making this into a slightly bigger scheme to make things better but also as you say getting a group of people doing this so hopefully it will be a bit of fun as well yeah yeah, I I really hope I mean people are so on board on Lancaster Road it's it's really lovely I think a lot of people you know as I said earlier they just didn't realize that our streets were being sprayed and actually they're really really pleased to have the opportunity to um to not have that spray in our environment and they're quite happy to do some weeding so that we don't have that Right. Okay. So you've said that the the streets were being sprayed with glyphosate twice a year. How often are you anticipating that you will need to weed the streets? Right. Well, what we're anticipating, it'll be during basically the the growing months for a start. So we're not expecting to have to do it over winter. So um, I, I would say from when things start kind of I suppose starting to grow so probably from eight months maybe from March through to October would make sense to me and I think we're just going to have to see how it goes we're we're going to be doing our first session next week and then we'll keep an eye on it 
may need to do it again in four weeks. It might be six weeks. You know, because it's it's the first time we're doing this, we're just going to have to see. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're very much hoping this will be a learning experience. Yes. Yeah. Can any more streets grow, join in at this stage or is it too late for this year? Yeah, um, not at this stage because, as I said, it's a trial. So, so you know, that really we're just those experimental streets to see whether this is actually going to work. Because in a way, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's only going to work if the residents want it, you know? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So just thinking about that, how will the success of this pilot be measured right well apparently what's going to happen is that the residents of the streets are actually going to be asked what they think so um you know it's really important obviously that everybody's on board um and i'm sure there'll be some interesting discussions about certain weeds and and you know what what we can leave what we can't um I can anticipate perhaps Hearts Highways will even have a look at the streets just to see, you know, are, are they looking tidy or whatever it is. I mean, I'm assuming that, that um, they're weeded in the first place because it's an issue with perhaps visually, but also maybe health and safety, or perhaps they're worried about the pavement being slightly damaged maybe by certain weeds. So I suppose they'd need to check that. Right. Okay, then. So, so the Hearts Highways will be taking a look, and you'll also be looking for for um, resident approval as well. And what would your hope be? What would your hope be for the future? We're here at the start of the pilot, but you know, if we could just think forward in the best possible scenario, what could you hope for? <laughs> well, I think what would be really nice is is if we could somehow find a way where we. Did we didn't need to spray this anymore because it's obviously not good for our environment and um, we do absolutely need to stop using chemicals. So um, I would say, yes, a, a success would be they just stop spraying it. Um, and what would be nice is if it could empower residents to just do that little bit extra, just weed the front of their houses, or even, quite frankly, some residents already do that, but maybe more residents weed the gutter in front as well. And then, you know, we, we, wouldn't, need, we wouldn't need glyphosate. So it's also, I think, maybe getting people to take maybe a little bit more responsibility. Well, Nadia, look forward to hearing how this pilot goes from what sounds like a really interesting and ambitious project. Thank you Thank so much you. for telling us about that. That's fine. Thank you for having me. I was talking there to Nadia Bishara of the Wilderhood Watch. So what do you think about the idea then? Would you welcome the idea of being a pesticide-free street or would you be willing to pitch in with a bit of extra weeding to help this happen? Or perhaps, perhaps you'd even like to see a few more dandelions popping up between the paving slabs. Well, I'd really love to hear what you think. Let me know on Twitter at RV underscore Environment, on Facebook, Environment Matters on Radio Verulam is the page, or by emailing amanda at radioverulam.com. And if you're keen to cut down on your own use of weed killer but struggle to control weeds in paving, then an easy tip is to just use boiling water. So when you drain the hot water off your pasta or your veg or perhaps you've accidentally boiled a bit too much for your cup of tea, just take it straight outside, pour it over the weeds. I find it works really well. It's chemical free and it uses something you'd probably be wasting anyway. So it costs you absolutely nothing. 
Thinking back to last week, are you enjoying your heart's wild art? If you missed last week's show, then head to the podcast page of RadioVolum.com where you'll find the podcast of the show where I talk to Emma Mathers of the Hearts and Whittlesex Wildlife Trust about their events to help you get wild and crafty. Particularly worth checking out if you're looking after children over those long summer holidays. I think there'll be some really great stuff there for you. And what could be more lovely as an inspiration for some wild art than butterflies? There's a number of you who've spotted that the beautiful marbled white butterflies are back at Hartwood. Now, Hartwood is now the second best site in Hertfordshire to spot butterflies. And it's easy to see why with its fabulous patchwork of woodland and wildflower meadows. And the meadows are looking particularly lovely at the moment. And if, like me, you're a fan of daisies, then head to the meadow over at the back of Hartwood, at the back of Puddler's Wood, which is an absolute sea of ox-eye daisies. It's really well worth a visit. And if you do see any butterflies whilst you're there, or indeed whilst you're anywhere else in Hertfordshire and Middlesex, then the Hearts and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation Group would love you to use the iRecord app to record what you've seen and help them to gather the information that they find necessary to monitor and help butterflies. And you'll find the iRecord app in the App Store or wherever you get your apps. Very easy to use. You might recall Andrew Wood, the records collator from the Hearts and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation Group, joining me here on Environment Matters a little while ago. And if you do, you'll remember how meticulously he gathers and sorts everyone's butterfly sightings to ensure that they can be put to the best possible use. I'm going to be back at the same time next week, but until then, thanks for listening.